Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. The sole purpose of a CV is to get you in the door. It's a foot in the door and it's to get you to the top of the pile, okay? That is what a CV does um, or should do. Now, very often what I see with people and, you know, with my mentee clients, with people that I've had on my team or that I've done business with over the years, very often people don't have an up-to-date CV. They will tend to dust it off when maybe there's a specific job they're going to apply for or there's an opportunity that comes up. But to be honest, honest, that is not, in my opinion, the best way to do it. This should be a living, live, breathing document that you always have up to date. And the reason for that is one, as I said, you never know when opportunities might come knocking and you need to know you have got your CV there ready straight away. Even while you're on the phone to someone, you can say, oh, shall I just ping you over my CV whilst we're speaking? Good example, right? You've got to be able to move fast when opportunities are there. So having your CV live and ready is so important. Don't see it as a one-off exercise. And the other thing as well, which is a practical point, is I don't know if, if you feel like this, but certainly I can remember many times during my career and business life where you, you kind of forget what you've done sometimes, you know, and, and you certainly forget a lot of the detail around the numbers and the performance and the impact that you had. So, you know, if you're trying to remember back to five years ago what you achieved in a particular role, I mean, almost impossible to remember the detail of what you did. Um, you might have some of the highlights. So that's another reason for keeping it very much live um, so that you've got that record of all of those key achievements and the, and the numbers to back it up. So what I'm going to just take you through now are, are my top 10 tips for a great CV. It's my opinion, um, but I have seen thousands of CVs over the years. <laughs> I've recruited hundreds of roles. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at it from a user point of view, someone on the receiving end of a CV um, and the things that I think are important to create standout, create attention and impact, which is what we're really talking about with a CV. Remember, it's to get you a foot in the door so you can get in front of the right people. That's all it is. So the first point of my top 10, you might want to write these down. The first one is your CV needs to grab attention straight away. Um, so it's really important. And I would almost say, you know, if you've not grabbed attention on the first page or even more important than that, your opening statement on your CV, you know, you can you can forget it, really. You've got to remember that sometimes there are hundreds of CVs and applications for roles or that are being pitched to, you know, business ventures, for example. A CV is not just when you're applying for a role. It can be used for a whole host of opportunities. So, 
you've got to stand out. You've got to grab attention and you have got to make that reader want to read on. Um, so that opening statement, so important. Um, remember, as a general rule, less is more. Now, what I mean by this is you want punchy statements that clearly state your achievement, what you've done, what your responsibilities have been. You do not need an essay. This should not be a document that goes on and on and on. And like, you know, why use 100 words when you can use 10? It needs to be short, sharp, punchy, hit people between the eyes with what you've done. So less is more. General rule of thumb as well, no more than two pages to a CV. As I say, the first page is the most important because that's the that's where people will focus and that's the first thing they see. Um, but you do not, I mean, I've had CVs that have come to me that have been four or five pages. I mean, who's going to sit there when you've got hundreds of CVs and read four or five pages? You're just not going to. It's not going to happen. So you remember, two pages for your CV only by exception should it go on to three pages. And that might be because you've got a whole bunch of other stuff that you do outside of work or you've had a very long career. And what you tend to find is as you mature and as your CV gets updated on a regular basis, the roles which you had in the, you know, when your early career, you'll, you'll probably get to a point where you just almost list what they are. Um, because you won't have the space. Otherwise, you'll have pages and pages. And no one, quite frankly, no one's interested in that. They just want to be able to see who is this person? What have you done? Why are you so great for the role or for the opportunity? Two pages, please. Less is more. So now, point four, I'm going to take you through the structure of a, of a CV. Now, there are differences to this, a different layout, so I'm not going to get into all of that side of things, but this is just the core aspects that should be included on every CV. And then you might have some differences and extras. Also, what I would say, depending on your sector, there might be certain things which are really important um, for you. So I'll give you a good example, actually. I interviewed an amazing... Um, lady, uh, Professor Barb Brent for my podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, um, quite a few weeks ago. And because in academia, what's really important there is um, the research papers and where she's been published and the books and the speaking engagements. So a CV in that environment um, goes to many pages um, for the purpose of what she was using it for. So that is one exception. Uh, but generally, Two pages, short, sharp, punchy. Um, but as I say, you know, there are exceptions, there are differences. This is my perspective on what a good structure of a CV um, should look like. So included in there, top of the first page, your name, uh, your phone number and your email, right at the top in the middle. Opening statement, and I'll go through these in a bit more detail. An opening statement, which literally is a snapshot that describes what you're all about. Okay, it shouldn't be too wordy. It should mean three, maybe four lines maximum, I would say. Then you get into the meat of your CV. And this is where the bulk of um, where your content will be. So these are the positions that you have held, the company name, your job title and the dates that you were in that role. Within that, for each position that you have, um, you'd have an overview of your responsibilities for your role and then your key achievements in bullet form. OK, so that's going to be, you know, probably a good page, page and a half of, of your CV. 
um, is all of the positions that you've had. You then want a section on qualifications. Um, you might have other positions, um, so things like if you have awards or certification that's outside of the normal qualifications, um, you might do some pro bono work, some charity work, so you'd want to, you might have a section on pro bono, I have a pro bono section on my CV. And then a personal statement. Now, again, not everyone um, has a personal statement, but I think it's quite a nice way to be able to, to sort of bring yourself to life in a little bit more of a real way rather than just almost what you've done. Um, so let me go on to point five. So that's the structure, okay, of your CV. As I say, there will be some exceptions, but that should give you an idea. You need all of them. So your opening paragraph then, let's come back to that. That needs to be really impactful. It's got to hit the reader between the eyes and make them want to hear more about you. That's what you're really aiming for. And, you know, use key words that resonate and, and are important in your sector or business area in that opening statement. So, you know, if having full profit and loss um, accountability is important, mention, you know, CEO with full P&L accountability in that, in that statement. If having worked internationally is important, then obviously you would want that in there. You know, so it depends what your, what your situation is. If customer service is absolutely at the heart of what you do, you'd want the words customer service in there. So just to give you an idea, but it needs to be a short, snappy, no more than four lines, three to four lines, okay? Now, I'm getting onto the meat of now your the actual positions that you've held. Now, you're gonna include the name of the company, uh, the position that you held, and also the period that you were in that position. That's clear. But one thing which a lot of people don't include, which I think is important, is a bit of a blurb on the company. Now, I'm talking no more than two lines in. It might be in a slightly smaller font how you do it, but do not assume that the reader knows the organisations you've worked in. Now, in some cases, you might have worked for some really well-known brands, you know, um, in the retail space or in the services sector, whatever. In those situations, people might know a little bit about the company, but there are a lot of scenarios where people will not know the, co the company. So don't assume that they do. So in here, you want to just include a little bit of, as I say, a couple of lines that just says, you know, blah, 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 company X, um, servicing X number of customers across 150 countries globally, generating revenue of X, profits of Y, just so that you're demonstrating the scale and size of the business. Or it might be, it's not all about size either. It could be that it's an entrepreneurial startup and that's what's important. So a disc short description of the company. So that's point number six. Number seven, achievements. Your achievements, you're going to have a, a blurb about what your responsibilities were. It describes what you did in your role. Again, very short and snappy. Um, but when we get down to the achievements, which need to be in bullet points, this is really important. This is where you demonstrate what value you added in that role. And, you know, very often, <clears throat> again, you know, people will put things down which are a bit fluffy and a bit, a bit woolly. Try to avoid doing that. Be very clear on what you achieved. And it's very important here to include metrics and the so that people can see the impact you had. So, for example, you might have something in there that says um, increased revenue from X to Y. Uh, led a team of 400 people or 10 people um, with an overhead budget of X. 
um, increased um, conversion from in the call center, for example, from 20% to 25% over a two year period. Um, Implemented strategic plan to deliver five year growth of X. Entered a new market, uh, started a new business. So you get the general gist. So here it needs to be, ideally those bullets should just be one line uh, with numbers to back it up because that hits you in the face immediately. You go, bloody hell, this person's really made an impact on on that business in, in the role that they've had. So I cannot emphasize enough. I see one of the common things I see a lot with CVs is a lack of evidence of performance. So this is your opportunity to shine. So I would encourage you all to look at your CV and see, you know, have you got metrics in there that demonstrates the value you added? Um, now, some of this will be, might be confidential, uh, but remember, a CV is, is normally not something that you're putting out publicly to the world, although we're going to talk about LinkedIn in a little while. So, but, you know, those numbers <clears throat> you need to be confident with. And also you will forget that kind of stuff, which is another reason to keep this live and, and, and a living, breathing document. OK, number eight, I'm going to go on to your uh, personal statement. Now, this is not essential, but it is an opportunity to show more of your human side. So, you know, your CV so far has been very professional, hasn't it? You know, you've you've emphasised what you're all about as an overall person, uh, you know, professionally in your opening statement. You've gone through the roles, your achievements, the financials, the, the impact you've had on the business, your qualifications. That's all very factual. Um, but your personal statement allows you to sort of show your personality a little bit more, you know, So if you're passionate about something, about a certain cause, so you might be passionate about diversity and inclusion or helping young people achieve their potential or turning around businesses or developing people. So whatever, you know, whatever kind of gets you you going, you could include some aspects of, you know, hobbies as well in here. You might be um, a fantastic athlete, um, something like that. So you've got an opportunity to bring this out. A lot of people don't have a personal statement. You don't have to, um, but it's just a, a chance for you to show a slightly more rounded perspective of you as a, as a person, as a human, rather than just the, the um, professional side. Um, it's optional, point number nine, it's optional to include things like hobbies and um, and a skill summary. So, you know, there's no right or wrong with this. I don't include anything about my hobbies on my CV, mainly because I've run out of space. Because um, <laughs> as you get a little bit more um, older, shall we say, you end up having more positions that you need to include on there. So something has to give, right? So in my case, I don't have anything that talks about my hobbies, but there's no right or wrong. If you're... Um, it'll also, if you're early, it's sort of earlier in the stage of your career and, and life cycle, you might have hobbies in there because in particular, that can also demonstrate a way of having responsibility. So you might have been, I don't know, a member of um, a sports club or um, chair of the athletics committee or whatever it might be. Um, so it's also a way to show not only what you're interested in outside of work, but also um, a level of responsibility or achievement within that and dedication. That's what people are looking for. Um, when it comes to um, a section that summarises your key skills, I see some CVs that sometimes on the first page they'll have a section that has, that has key skills. That's okay as well, you know, um, that can be a great way to summarise almost all of the common themes that you've had in the different positions. That's fine to include. Uh, it's really down to space and personal preference. So that's an optional extra, I would say. 
Um, and then the final point I'm going to share with you, point number 10, never lie on your CV. Okay, now we want to present the best version of ourselves to the world, of course we do, and the choice of words and language allow you to do that, but never blatantly lie on your CV. One, because it's quite hard to remember what you've lied about. Two, when you're actually in an interview or having a meeting and you get questioned, you could get questioned about anything on your CV, anything. And if it's not the truth, you're going to struggle. To, most people would struggle to portray that. So it's, it's, it's not the right thing to do. It's highly stressful. <laughs> um, just don't do it. <laughs> You've got lots of other great things that you can shout about without needing to lie about a scenario. If you've got gaps on CVs, actually, as well, because sometimes people take time off or you might you might have been out of work for quite a while or, you know, you might have gone travelling or you might have had some personal issues that had to be dealt with. And um, again, I would just just speak about those quite openly, um, not necessarily listed on your CV. But if you if you get asked about, well, hang on a minute, what happened between, you know, I don't know, 2016 and 2017 you didn't seem to be working you say oh no actually I wasn't because I was doing x or you know it might have been a health issue in the family so things things happen don't they? it means that we don't always have the perfect perfect kind of you know cv but do the best you can and, and just be open and honest be yourself let your personality shine through so those are my top 10 tips for your cv um, so I'm just going to quickly recap. Number one, CV needs to grab attention straight away. Number two, remember, less is more. Punchy statements backed up with numbers. Number three, rule of two pages max. Three, if you absolutely have to and you've got loads to say. Number four, I went through the structure of your CV. Name, phone, number, email, opening statement, positions you've held, overview of your responsibilities in each role, key achievements in bullet form and back it up with evidence, qualifications, other positions, awards, stroke pro bono, and a personal statement. So that's the structure of your CV. Number five, make your opening paragraph really impactful. You want the reader to be grabbed by it and want to learn more about you. Number six, include a blurb on the various companies that you've worked for, no more than one or two lines that shows the what the business is all about. Don't assume people know because they may not have heard of those businesses. Your achievements are critical. Make sure they are impactful, backed up with evidence, numbers where possible, um, but that shows the impact you've had on the business. Number eight, personal statement, not essential, but allows your personality uh, and the broader you to come through. Optional extras to include hobbies and a section that summarises your skills. And number 10, never, ever lie on your CV because you will probably get found out. And if you don't get found out, you'll probably feel quite uncomfortable anyway. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.